So we're going to go to the book of Mark, chapter 9. I'll read a few verses. Sister Mullings, I didn't share my title with you this week, did I? Because I know I shared it with one person who's not here today. He's ministering. Brother Tracy's preaching for Brother Torres. And I shared with him what I was feeling on Tuesday night after prayer. I may have shared this with Brother Bryson yesterday. Just a, a, a one of the, the points that I was feeling. I know I shared it with Pastor Garrett yesterday. I talked with him. He's been to Jerusalem, and I was asking him some geographical questions. And uh, I was talking with Pastor Garrett and uh, shared with him one of the thoughts here this morning and and uh, just had great fellowship. But my, the reason I asked that is my, my wife started this, this morning with the first song, Rain Lord. And second verse or the bridge that says like a raging fire burn in my soul baptize me with the Holy Ghost it's like a raging fire yes, amen. and then in that song she just sang for, for uh, during the offering and the mountains too high and the valleys too wide and and it totally clicked in my spirit this morning while we were singing it I hadn't thought of it in this that song and this concept or the what God has put in my heart to share with us this morning. So I, I want to go to Mark chapter nine and I'll explain that mountain and the valley in just a moment. But <coughs> begin reading at verse number forty three. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell. The word Jesus used here was Gehenna. To go into hell or Gehenna. Into the fire that never shall be quenched. Verse 44, where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off, for it is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell or Gehenna, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not. He says it again. And the fire, everybody say fire, fire. is not quenched. There's going to be a fire that's not going to quench it's either the fire of the Holy Ghost or the fire of hell. One, one preacher said, you can burn now or you can burn later. Verse 47, if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. I want to preach this morning on this subject, fighting fire with fire. Fighting fire with fire. I know it's Sunday morning, but amen, if you got the Holy Ghost fire burning in your soul, why don't you begin to give God praise one more time and thank God for the Holy Ghost power and fire. God, we love you, I worship I pray in the name of Jesus that you would anoint me, God. God, give us ears to hear what the 
And we give you all the glory and all the praise. Somebody shout amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Fighting fire with fire. In our text, <coughs> excuse me, Jesus references hell. He uses the word Gehenna. And it's obviously a place no one should want to go. Hell is not a laughing matter. There is a very real hell and a very real heaven. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Jesus used the word Gehenna, which literally means because the valley in Hinnom, or Hinnom, is the valley of Hinnom. It's referring to Jesus using Gehenna here, the people of the day, the disciples, the Pharisees, everyone in the region understood exactly what he was referring to when he said Gehenna. It's better to be saved than to be lost. It's better to be in Jerusalem than to be in the valley of Gehenna. The valley of Gehenna is a valley that is located just outside of Jerusalem. It is to the immediate west and runs a little bit to the southwest of the city of Jerusalem. Some, uh, one rabbi, a theologian and rabbi says that originally it was not just from the west, but it ran to the south and even went over around on the east side. At some point they even referred to that area as the valley. But the valley of Hinnom is certainly and still there on maps today. The valley of Hinnom or Gehenna is to the west of Jerusalem. It is mentioned numerous times in the Bible. Some very evil kings like Manasseh, and you've heard stories about Manasseh, his son and grandson, how they did really sick, evil things. It was in the valley of Hinnom, the valley of Gehenna, that, that Manasseh and, and other, many or some other kings of Judah even sacrificed their own children to, in the fires of Molech. It was there in Gehenna, the valley of Hinnom, that Manasseh and his son and even his, their grandson, they, they, they offered or allowed people to offer their children to Baal and the god of Molech in the fires of Molech. Jeremiah 7.31, he said, For the children of Judah have done evil in my sight, saith the Lord. They have set their abominations in the house which is called by my name and to pollute it. And they have built the high places of Tophet, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, Gehenna, to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire. I can't imagine how evil, how sick that is to burn your own children to a false god, to idolatry. But he went on to say, Jeremiah is writing and God speaking here, which I commanded them not, neither came it into my heart. God said, I never intended, it was never in my heart or my will that people would do such sick, evil things. Can I interject here? We are living in a society that people are still offering their children to the gods of this world. Let the apostolic rock church forever be and have a mindset that says we're going to protect our children. We're going to pray for our children. We're going to fast for our children. We're going to instruct and teach our children in paths of righteousness. We're not going to offer our children on the fires of idolatry in this world. God said that was not in my heart. I never intended for people to do those sick, 
evil things. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that it shall no be no more be called Tophet, nor the valley of the son of Hinnom. But he says it's going to be called the valley of slaughter, where they slaughtered their own children at Gehenna. It's, it's a horrible place. It, they even referred it at the, 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 the fires of Molech as the mouth of hell itself. Jeremiah 19, I won't read it all, but you can read Jeremiah 19, 1 through 6, and how evil the Gehenna and what the evil things they did and how God cursed that place. It became a cursed valley. It was a place that was not good to abide. It was a place that no one really wanted to live or dwell. And so after it was cursed because of the evil things that were done there at at this place where there was fire of burning children. I know that's sick this morning, but stay with me. I am going someplace this morning. In my spirit, I have something fresh, some fresh fire to share with y'all this morning. I'm encouraged. I even woke up this morning with more revelation in my spirit this morning. I woke up with revelation this morning. And I just want to God to help me this morning to impart it to you. But the cursed valley of Gehenna, the valley of Hinnom, became the place where Jerusalem, the city, Mount Zion, would take their rubbish and their garbage and their trash, that which nobody had any use for. And they would take their refuge and take their trash and they would take it out to the valley of Gehenna, the valley of Hinnom. And there they would burn their trash in the Bible days, in the Bible times. And so there was always a, there was a constant, a continuing fire that was burning in the valley of Hinnom, and it was burning the trash, it was burning the refuge, and there in, in the valley of Hinnom, maggots would consume anything that the fire did not reach, and yet I find that fascinating, fascinating how Isaiah <clears throat> had described the valley of Hinnom in Isaiah 66 and 24, and he references, it, references the valley or Gehenna to hell itself, and he says, and they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me. For their worm shall not die. Neither shall their fire be quenched. Talking about hell. God's using Isaiah, speaking through Isaiah here. And they shall be an abhorring unto all flesh. So I find it important today, significant, that Jesus used Gehenna to reference hell as a symbol of everlasting fire and destruction. It is a place that you do not want to go. It is not made for you. It is made for trash. It is not made for you, but it is made for refuge. It wasn't designed for you, but it was designed for Satan and his demonic forces. Amen. But Isaiah also prophesied in chapter 5, verse 14, he said, Therefore, hell hath enlarged herself. And opened her mouth without measure. And their glory and their multitude and their pomp. And he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. I have a question this morning that I want to ask. I wonder today, and this is just a a, a question. I'm just wondering, thinking out loud if you will. But I wonder if the fires of hell that are continuing to burn are fueled by the sins of humanity.
I wonder this morning if the lake of fire is, is being fueled. Is, it has is enlarged itself. Not because God intended it to be that way, but because there are people who have transgressed His law, that have transgressed the Word of God, that have not heeded His Word, not have followed the plan of salvation. They have not known Him. Or even worse yet, they have known Him, but yet they walked away from Him. And I wonder if the sins in their life are what are burning and fueling the fires of hell. <coughs> I know y'all are quiet this morning. I, maybe you came this morning thinking Pastor was going to preach uh, just this really let's happy-go-lucky, feel-good message and we're all going to smile and shake hands and go about our business. And I do have a good word this morning in a few minutes and I, hopefully you'll leave on a little bit more positive note today. But I want to tell you there is a very real hell that we need to shun. I don't want, hey man, I don't want to be, to go to hell. I don't want to be sent into the lake of fire. I want my sins to be atoned of. I want my sin to be under the blood now. So they're not fueling the fires of hell for eternity. Hell is no place we want to go. <coughs> now there's a lot of different theological views of hell. Many believe that hell and the lake of fire are literally two different places. Hell is in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Sheol, which is a place that was kind of like a holding tank. And yet, they, they, part of the torment was that people, if they were the, the, the rabbinical priests, many rabbis believed the Judeo, uh, the Ju- Jewish custom was, or faith belief is that, that people that, that weren't right with God when they died and the sins, their sin wasn't under the blood but the spotless lamb that was shed every year. If, if their blood wasn't applied, that they would go to the hell. And, and this place called hell was a, was a place that they would wait until judgment would come at some point when, when Satan and the Antichrist that we read about in Revelation would be cast into the lake of fire and they that are lost in hell also in to the lake of fire. But Jesus references hell and the lake of fire in the same. He says hell, fire. If you're going to hell, you're going to be in the lake of fire. So if it's two different places or one, it really doesn't matter. If it's two different places and you find yourself in hell, at some point you're going to end up in the lake of fire. So I don't want to get into a great debate this morning. I just want you to understand that pastor understands that there's, there's Sheol and there's hell and there's these place and holding places and, and all these things in, in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And, but I don't think it much matters. As long as you write with God, you don't have to worry about going to hell or the lake of fire. He said it's better to enter into heaven maimed with one arm or one hand, one, one foot or only one eye than to go into hell whole. Hell is often described in many ways. I won't get into all, but just give you a couple examples. Fire and brimstone, flames of fire, furnace of fire, the lake of fire, judgment by fire, eternal fire, fiery oven, unquenchable fire, and eternal punishment, burning wind, pits of darkness, a place of torment, weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, death and destruction. I don't want to go. I want to go to heaven. And I I want to submit to you this morning, it is not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It's not God's will that any people go to hell. The reason they go there is because they chose in their life to go there. They go there because that is the path that they took. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, 
The writer said in verse 8, In flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God. Who is it that goes to hell? Those that do not know Him. And, it's a conjunction, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Two types or two ways people will go to hell. One, they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Number two, they don't obey the gospel message of Jesus Christ. They're not baptized in Jesus' name. They're not filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. They're not presenting their bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Amen. Amen. Tells us here, who goes? Those that do not know Him. and Those that do not obey His Word. John 12, Jesus said, He that rejecteth Me and receiveth not My words, you catch that? He that rejecteth me, they don't, they don't accept him. They don't acknowledge him. They don't know him. And those that reject or receive not my words. It's not enough to know about him. I've got to know him. It's not enough to know. I can tell you. I can tell you some stats about certain athletes. I I can tell you how many times they caught the ball or how many times they threw the ball for so many yards or how many what was their batting average or you can know a lot about somebody but never know them. There are people in churches and not trying to put down other churches, but but there are there are people even in, in the church world that know a lot about the word of God and know a lot about him, but they don't know him. We did did great work. We cast out devils in your name. He said, depart from me. I never knew you. You've got to know Jesus Christ as your Savior to be saved. And you've got to follow His Word, the plan of salvation. So I don't think you need to do all that to be saved. I don't care what you think. Doesn't matter what I think. i got to follow His Word. i got to do what thus saith the Word of God this morning. If I'm going to escape a fiery pit of hell... And make heaven my home. We must know Jesus and we must obey His Word. It's not enough to know about Him. We have to know Him. I have to have a relationship with Him. Revelations 20, verse 14, it says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found, 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 that means God knew you. Written in the book of life. I'm thankful my name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Who's the Lamb? Jesus Christ. He took His blood and wrote my name in the Lamb's book of life. So whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Jesus talked about the lost, talked about the tares, how they would be bundled in Matthew 13, 42. He said they're going to be cast into a furnace of fire, and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. I don't want to go to hell. Jesus told the parable of the man who was not prepared for the wedding. He didn't have the wedding garment. <coughs> Matthew 22, he said, Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. And there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The fires of Hinnom 
created a dark smoke that would be over the valley. I don't want to go into outer darkness, but I want to stay in the city of light. I want to stay in the Lamb's city. I want to stay in New Jerusalem. I don't want to go into hell. I don't want to go into the valley of Hinnom. There's nothing there worth having. There's only rubbish there. There's only trash there. Amen. There's people thinking they're partying, having a great time, but they're on the wrong path. They're on the road to a very dark place called hell where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. But oh, I'm thankful I'm in the city of light today and the city of life. Praise God. <clears throat> Revelations chapter 20. The devil that deceived them. It's talking about the end time when the devil gets his reward. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. Where the beast and the false prophet are. Talking about the Antichrist. And shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it. From whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. Glad my name's written in the Lamb's book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, the Bible, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. Talking about judgment. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. It's not enough to know Him, but you have to be obedient to the Word. You have to do some works. You have to repent. You have to be baptized in Jesus' name. You have to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. There's some works. Faith without works is dead. You got to know Him. You got to have faith in Him. And you've got to have works that prove and show your faith in Him and His Word. According to their works and death. And hell were cast into the lake of fire. And this again, he says, is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Matthew 5, we, we like Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount. All the Beatitudes and all the blessed are they and blessed are they and blessed are the, mer- the meek and blessed are. And we love Matthew 5, but in verse 29 and 30, he said, and if thy right hand offend thee, he goes there again. He says, it's better to pluck it out and cast it far from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of my, thy members should perish and not thy whole body should be cast in, he says, Gehenna into hell, into the valley of Hinnom. It's better not to be trash. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it far from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not thy whole body should be cast into hell or Gehenna. <clears throat> Jesus went on in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. He said, Fear not them which kill the body, but are able to kill the soul. But rather, fear, reverence him, which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell, Gehenna. You need to reverence the one that can save you from that pit of trash. The one that can save you from a burning pit of hell, a lake of fire. That's who we need to reverence today. I serve Him not out of fear but out of love. But I do fear reverence the Lord today. 
I serve him because I love him. But I do also acknowledge that he's the one that has power over death, hell, and the grave. Jesus Christ is the one who holds the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And I'm going to serve him. I'm going to worship him. There may be political figures or people that come in this last day, and I believe we're living in the last days, that come and say, you got to deny Christ, or you got to, I'm sorry to tell you, we're actually not really that sorry to tell you, I'm sorry you don't, I'm sorry that I have to tell you for your benefit, because you ought to know better, that's why I feel sorry about it, but I'm not going to turn my back to God, I reverence Him, I serve the Lord and Him only. Well, I've got a good place I'm planning on going to, it's a place called heaven. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told. He said, but I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. And it's a place called New Jerusalem. It's a heavenly city. It's got a mansion with my name on it. Why? Because my name's on the roll. I'm vested in it. There's a deed. When I was baptized in Jesus' name, His name was signed. That gave us ownership to the things. We become children of the Most High. We, get it. we have an inheritance from the Most High. Oh, man. oh praise God, somebody. <clears throat> there is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. This has all been foundation right here. I don't want to dwell in a spiritual Gehenna. I don't want to dwell in a valley of Hinnom. The valley of Hinnom, Gehenna, Jesus references when he says, don't, you don't want to go to hell. You don't want to go to Gehenna. You don't want to be in eternal damnation. Where there's continuing fire. Continual torment. You don't want to go there. There's a fire there that you don't want to be a part of. There's a fire in Gehenna, folks, that you don't have to go to. (laughs) The devil's going to tell you, you have to go to hell. I have news for y'all, and I have news for the devil. We do not have to go there. We get to go to heaven. There is a heaven to gain. Satan, you got to go, but I don't have to go with you. I'm staying in the city. You know, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a city that's set on a hill. It's Mount Zion. I preached about it just not too long ago. It was there, the Jerusalem. That's Mount Moriah. That's where Abraham was offering his son Isaac as a sacrifice. He said, I see the wood and I see the fire. There's fire for bad, but there's also some good fire too. It's a Jerusalem. It becomes Mount Zion. It's the city that's set on a hill. It's Mount Moriah. It's where the Temple Mount is. It's the foundation rock. It's where the cornerstone is. So there's so much spiritual symbolism in Jerusalem. It's the mount. It's the city. It's high and lifted up. It's a, it's a place of refuge. 
It's Jerusalem that Acts 2.38 church took place. It's at the temple where the, the Holy Ghost was poured out. And it was Holy Ghost and fire that fell. But not too far away. Matter of fact, and I asked Pastor Garrett, because I said, you've been there and you've seen the Valley of Hinnom. You've, been, you've seen the Gehenna. You've seen it. I said, can you see it? He goes, oh, it just seems like it's just a stone throws away. You can stand at Jerusalem and look and see the Valley of Gehenna. You can be so close and yet so far. In my spirit, I felt, I've been feeling this. It was drawn to Luke chapter 16, and I know it's a lengthy passage, but I've got to read it. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels unto Abraham's bosom. He was carried. It means he was ascending. He, he went up. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, in hell, he lifted up his eyes. Symbolic. The spiritual high and there's also a spiritual low. Being in torments, seeth Abraham afar off. And Lazarus in his bosom. He cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and sin. This isn't a parable. Jesus is not speaking in parabolic form. He's speaking as if this really happened. Have mercy on me and sin, Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. And tells me that whether it's one or two places, here he finds himself in hell and he's tormented by the flame. So there's a, there's a lake of fire at the pits of hell. And he looks up and he's like, I'm tormented in this flame. I, just one drop of water. And he said, and beside all this, between us and you, Abraham said, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things. <coughs> And Lazarus, evil things, but now he is comforted and now art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you. Abraham said, I'm over here. You're down there. There is a great gulf. That word literally means a vacancy. There is a vacancy between where I am and where you are. There is a great vacancy that's fixed. There is a, a, a vacancy. There's an emptiness between where you are and where I am. And I have no means to get to where you are. I have no ability. It's as if I'm on one cliff and you're on the other. And there's this great vacancy. There's no place for me to walk. There's no place for me to, to get to. There's no, there's no way I can come to where you are. So that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. And neither can they pass to us that would come from where you are. And then he said, I pray thee therefore. This is the man tormented in hell. Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them. Lest they also come into this place of torment. 
And Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and they have the prophets. Let them hear them. <clears throat> and he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went, if just one would go to them and from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one, and we know one, that did rise from the dead. Ezekiel put it like this in Ezekiel chapter 23 or 22 verse 30. I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. There's a gulf, there's a vacancy between Jerusalem and the valley of Hinnom. There's a vacancy. There was a vacancy between Jerusalem the new city, heaven, and hell. You can't go to one and cross over to the other. Ezekiel said, I sought for one to stand in the gap. I looked for one that could make up the vacancy. I looked for one that could bridge the gap between hell and heaven. But we find... In the gospel, God robed himself in flesh. He was beaten, he was bruised, put a crown of thorns on his head. And he was, as custom, they could not kill someone in the city of Jerusalem. It was an unholy thing to do. You could only kill someone or crucify someone outside the city. And so they led our wonderful Savior, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. They led him with a cross to be crucified at a place called Golgotha, the place of the skull. And if you find, if you look at a map, you find they led him outside the city of Jerusalem. God robed himself and he stepped out of glory. And I'm going to become a high priest that can be touched. I'm going to come and I'm going to make an atonement for sin. I'm going to come and I'm going to save people that are destined to a fiery pit of hell. I'm going to step out of New Jerusalem. I'm going to step out of heaven and I'm going to be led to a place called Golgotha, which is right between the city of Jerusalem and the valley of Hinnom. Jesus, do you hear what I'm saying this morning? God was crucified. Jesus was crucified just outside of Jerusalem to the west between Jerusalem and the, the, the valley of Hinnom, of Gehenna. He said, I am the only one that can bridge the gap. That can pull someone from a pit of hell. If it wasn't for Calvary, every one of us would be deemed as trash, as rubbish. We'd be lost in a fiery pit of hell. But oh, thank God for Calvary. He saved me from a pit of hell. Romans 5 and 8, but God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners... We were destined to hell. Matter of fact, this life on this earth for you before you came to Christ was hell on earth. Come on, let's be real about it. We were sinners destined living in hell on earth. But God, who's rich in mercy, wherewith He loved us. 
He said, I, let me introduce you to Calvary. I shed my blood to wash away your sin. I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I came to bridge the gap to pull you out of hell so that you could have life and have it more abundantly. It was Jeremiah who cursed the city, the valley of Hinnom, because of the child sacrifice. It was Jeremiah that wrote, as God himself cursed Gehenna, the valley of Hinnom, because of a child sacrifice. Because they were offering their children to the fires of Molech and the fires of Baal. And Isaiah talked about it. Isaiah prophesied about it. He talked about Gehenna. He talked about the pit of hell, the, the place and fire, the place that no one wants to go to. Isn't it interesting how Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 9 and 6, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. God allowed his own flesh and blood to die. To bridge the gap. To be the blood sacrifice to offer himself. So that we could become... Children of God. So we can be children of the Most High. So that we can be His children and be saved and delivered from children of fire. He said, I'm going to pay the price at Calvary. I'm going to pay the price for the sin that got them there. But check this out. He said, but I'm going to fight fire with fire. I'm going to fight fire with fire. I got time to preach all this this morning. You see, firefighters, they set backfires <laughs> to stop the spread or change the direction of a wildfire. Hell hath enlarged itself. There's a wildfire in hell taking place, but Jesus Christ set a backfire. When he filled me with the Holy Ghost and fire. And he brought me out. Of a miry clay. He brought me out. Of a fiery pit. Oh he's still fighting fire with fire. I'm telling you the Holy Ghost fire. Can still fall. They sing about it the first song this morning. Let the fire fall. The Holy Ghost fire is still real. It's how God fights fire with fire. He sets a fire. And on the day of Pentecost, cloven tongues, like as of fire, set upon each of them. He said, I'm fighting fire with fire. I paid the price. I went to Calvary. I offered my flesh and blood. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Why did He give? So that He could be an atonement for our sin. He says, I'm going to fight the wildfire of hell. I'm going to fight that fire with heavenly Holy Ghost fire. Amen. Aren't you thankful God didn't leave you in hell? 
Psalm 16, the writer said in verse 10, For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life, and in thy presence is fullness of joy. And at the right hand there are pleasures forevermore. I'm thankful for Calvary. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost. Why? Because it's Calvary and the Holy Ghost that did not leave me in hell but brought me out. Oh, somebody give God some thanks right now. I may not be preaching this as eloquently. I know I'm not as eloquent as I wish I could be this morning, but this is what I feel. I am so thankful that I don't have to dwell in hell. I'm so thankful that I don't have to go to a fiery hell. I don't have to be called or cast into the lake of fire, but He brought me out, and in His presence there is joy. In His presence there is life everlasting. In His presence there is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. Opposite of torment, Pleasures. Heaven's going to be pleasurable. Hell is torment. Where do you want to go this morning? Revelations 1 and 18. If you look at Revelations, it begins, the very first, Revelations 1 and 1, the very begins, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's how, that's how Revelation starts. Revelation is about, about the end time. It's about, no, you know what Revelation is? It's a revelation of who he is. John the Baptist, see, or, or not John the Baptist, John on, on the Isle of Patmos, he's, he's there on the island. He sees Jesus as he is. Eyes of fire. Glowing. It starts, Revelation is the revelation. That's how it starts. Revelation of Jesus Christ. Revelation is not about, oh, people get caught up on the end time. Man, you just need to be ready and have the revelation of who he is. You need to know him. I don't care how much you know about the Antichrist and the end times and are you pre-chip, post-chip, mid-trip, thousand-year, five. If you know Jesus and you're ready, it doesn't matter. You're going to make it. If you got the revelation of who he is, you'll know. He asked Peter, who do you say that I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, flesh and blood hath not revealed this, but my Father who is it. He said, and upon this rock, what? Revelation of Jesus Christ. He said, I will build my church. Ready? And the very gates of hell. The very gates of hell shall not prevail. Why? Because I know him. I know him. I've got relationship with him. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Oh, somebody give him praise. Upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, I've set before thee an open door. He made a way out of hell. He said, I've made an escape. You know how you get out of hell? You have to get the revelation of who he is. You know how you get out of hell? You follow the Acts 2.38 message. 
You repent. You're baptized in Jesus' name. You're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is unto you and to your children, all those that are. But you have to do it because as a tree falleth, so shall it. You got to do it before you go there. You, you got to. We're born in sin, shaped in iniquity. Before, B.C., before Christ, before the plan of salvation, before you know Him, you're already there. They just don't know it yet. But thank God we can be delivered before we get there. I'm talking about before we get there for eternity. There's still a blood that can wash away. We can still be baptized in Jesus' name that washes us, cleanses God, we can be delivered out of a fiery pit of hell and we can be set in a new city. This world's not my home. I'm passing through, huh? I'm headed to a new Jerusalem. He's delivered me out of and into. So I said at the beginning, it's not just what he brought me out of, it's where he's taken me to. He brought me out of hell, but oh, thank God, I'm going to heaven. Luke chapter 3, John the Baptist said unto them, I indeed baptize you with water, but there is one mightier that I, that, than I cometh, who's the latchet of whose shoes. I'm, I, I'm not even worried to tie his shoes. I don't have the shoe of redemption. There's the Ruth and Boaz story right there in chapter 4 of, of Ruth. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand. Stir it up. Stir it up. Church, we need the Holy Ghost fire to be stirred up in every service. We need to stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost every service. There's going to be people coming in in 2022. They're going to go, what's different? Hey, there's something going on. There's something. What's that I feel? It's like that warm feeling. Are you feeling the warmth for somebody's fire? That's what they're feeling. Man, it just feels warm in the house of God. Why does it, man, why does it just feels good? Why does it, that's, because somebody's on fire. Church, you can't let the fire go out. you got to keep the anointing. Don't be, don't be like the five foolish. Be like the five wise. Stay full of the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost fire because it's delivering me from the other fire. <clears throat> he said you're gonna, God's going to baptize. Jesus is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire whose fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor. Right. Talking about the, the threshing floor. Isn't it also interesting? Threshing floor of Arnon is where David purchased, and that's where they built the temple. Where is that? Jerusalem! And will gather the wheat in his garner, but the, the chaff, he will burn with fire unquenchable. You're going to burn one way or the other. You're going to burn with Holy Ghost fire or an unquenchable fire of hell. I'd rather stay on fire with the Holy Ghost. The day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all one place, one mind, one accord. Cloven tongues like as a fire set upon them. Verse 14 of Acts chapter 2. And I'm, 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 I'm coming to a close. Babe, come play something. Give him hope. Peter standing up with the eleven. He lifted up his voice and said to them, You men of Judea and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words, for these are not drunken as you suppose. Seeing is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. I will pour out of my spirit 
upon all flesh. It's Holy Ghost fire. And your sons and your daughters, your sons and your daughters, who are not going to be sacrificed to the fires of this world, but going to be... I want our young people to receive the Holy Ghost. they got to receive the Holy Ghost fire for themselves. I, I can't wait for some of our young people to say, Hey, I had a dream last night, Mom. I had a dream last night, Dad. I, I dreamed. And I want our Sunday school kids to be so full of the Holy Ghost. God's giving them dreams and visions. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men. I pray God gives some of our young people gifts of the Spirit and gifts of prophecy, gifts of tongues and interpretation. Gifts. I mean, it would be great for an eight-year-old to start prophesying and give us the tongues and interpretation. Why? They got the Holy Ghost. God, give them the gift. Young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And all my servants and all my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire. That only happens when it's below. You, you, you didn't catch that. We, we passed over it because we want to get right back. There's so much good stuff when Peter's preaching in his message. He's preaching Christ. He said, and I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. You see, here's where signs and wonders happen. They happen under the blood and under the fire. Some churches don't have signs and wonders. Why? Because they, there's, the, the blood hadn't been applied in either too long or they haven't had a good dose of the Holy Ghost in a while. Signs and wonders shall follow them that believe. It's just, but Peter's saying signs and wonders are going to happen in an atmosphere where the blood is applied and the fire is over. I want the Holy Ghost fire so strong in this church. I want people to come. Whoo, what is that I feel? Man, I not just in this this physical building, but in our church, wherever we go, I want the Holy Ghost fire to fall. People on the job, people at work, people at the store. Hey, there's something different. Hey, I feel the Holy Ghost. Let me pray. Pray somebody through the Holy Ghost right there at Walmart. Blood can be applied. Fire can fall. Where the blood, where the fire, there's signs and wonders. A few verses later, verse 27, I'm still in Acts chapter 2. Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Peter's still preaching. He's preaching Christ. He's preaching who Jesus is. He's the one that came. It has no, he, he came so that you didn't have to be out there in Gehenna. He came so you didn't have to live in, in an eternal fire and flame. And God doesn't see you as trash. He sees you as treasure. The devil wants to take you with him because the devil, you need to understand who you are. To the devil, you are trash. To the devil, you are rubbish. But to God, you're a treasure. They took the blood money, the 30 pieces of silver, and they bought the field of blood, the field of Akadama, that was full of broken pots, broken pottery, broken vessels. That's who God thinks you are. You are the treasure that's in the field. 
I'll, and I'll be done. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said, you, can enter, you need to enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate. Wide is the gate. Gates of hell. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth into life. And few there be that find it. I'm glad I found the way. I'm glad I found the way. Someone, someone accused me. One said, "Hey, that's pretty narrow." That's you. Some they, they accuse us of being legalistic or narrow-minded. I, that, you, you can't make it to heaven without being narrow-minded. He said, "Narrow is the way." Narrow is the way, and few there be that find it. You better become narrow-minded if you want to be saved. Hell, you don't have to do all that to be saved. I better be narrow-minded because only the narrow-minded are going to find the narrow way. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs or thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I'm so narrow-minded because narrow is the way. This is life or death, heaven or hell, New Jerusalem or Gehenna going to be saved or you're going to be lost you're going to burn now or you're going to burn later later this is how God fights fire he fights it with fire the only way out of the fire of hell is the fire of the Holy Ghost the only way to turn back and stop this fire is to be baptized with Holy Ghost fire When's the last time you were baptized with Holy Ghost fire? When's the last time you were baptized with Holy Ghost fire and spoke in tongues to the Holy Ghost? Praying to the Holy Ghost came, spoke in tongues to the Holy Ghost came. When when? Let the fire fall. Let the fire fall. God, let the Holy Ghost fire fall. I'm done this morning, but I wonder. If these altars are open this morning, if someone would like to step out and say, hey, I'm thankful that God delivered me out of one fire, but he, bowed, he birthed in me a new heavenly fire. I'm thankful I'm not part of hell, but I'm living in, I'm headed to a new Jerusalem. I'm part of the body of Christ. I'm thankful that I'm part of a city that's set on a hill, a light, a life burning in the Holy Ghost. I got the Holy Ghost burning in my soul. It's the Holy Ghost and fire that's burning in my life, in my soul. Just invite everyone that would, that would like to pray. Let God fight fire with fire in your life. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost. Jesus, I need the fire of fresh fall, fresh touch of the fire. I need some fresh fire this morning in my spirit. God, rebaptize, repurify. Oh, He's a consuming fire this morning. God is a consuming fire.